0: What's up everybody, I'm your host, Hubert. Today I'll be interviewing Hajat, CEO of DeltaStream. DeltaStream is a unified serverless stream processing platform to manage, secure, and process all your event streams and, and based on Apache Flink. DeltaStreams was built to provide a comprehensive stream processing platform that is easy to use, easy to operate, and scales automatically. We joined the interview that Hajat describes this exact approach implementing DeltaStream.
1: And... So yeah, uh, think about that storage service as I mentioned. Uh, if you take on-prem service and run it on cloud as a man- fully managed service called code, code mm-hmm. you still have to deal with all of those complexity. But if you're just building something for cloud and you're not building something for on-prem, you can build something from scratch and hide a lot of complexity from user. Just provide the right API for them and call mm-hmm. it S3. So you can see the difference between S3 and managed HDFS. S3 is a serverless platform. We don't think about clusters, nodes, mm-hmm. disk space, or anything. You just use it. So what we have built is this uh, S3 of S3 processing in the sense that we take away all of those complexities, and we let you to just focus on building things without thinking about like provisioning a cluster. And that's mm-hmm. one of the big differences, for instance, is that if you look at Confluent Cloud's KSQL service, the first step that you do when you're starting to use it is to provision a cluster and that is like how many streaming units do you need again goes to business of like you have to come up with some number and you don't know in the beginning and more importantly it's not like uh the problem of cluster the problem arises when you have multiple cluster because cluster has Mm -hmm. limited amount of resources streaming queries are continuous queries that sit there and consume resources forever and once you add more and more queries, you hit that limit of the cluster. You can expand the cluster, but it comes with like a lot of complexity. Imagine you have a big cluster with a lot of streaming jobs, running. You can create a new cluster that comes with the problem of like, which query is running in which cluster and managing Mm -hmm. those clusters, figuring out. So again, user goes to details of like managing things that the whole purpose of having a cloud service is not think about those things. That's the reason I'm saying that when we built built Delta stream, we had this in mind that user doesn't have to think about this And okay. I think S3 of stream processing kind of like, uh, provides that context of like, to what level of, uh, simplicity we want to go, uh, stream mm-hmm. processing platform. It's kind of like, uh, if you look at our uh, existing, uh, like uh, material content in the website and things that we are publishing, we are saying that you have two types of systems, systems like flink or kcql that are more like a processing systems they don't have their own storage they read from one storage let's say kafka or kinesis or other systems process data they may have some state management internally but that's like uh, we are not talking about that and then write the results to another storage system so mm-hmm. these are more you build pipelines with uh, systems like blink and they have been very good of course they have complexity uh, they just <laughs> building and uh, you know, managing applications is uh, complex. But once you have that complexity taken away, uh, you can build data pipelines, you can build the uh, applications that you read from one store and write to another. That's the main one. On the other hand, if you look at the category of applications or uh, systems that or platforms that they introduce themselves as a streaming database systems, it mm-hmm. materializes one of the ones that are, These systems are kind of combination of storage and uh compute together similar to your normal database so you have storage and also you do query processing but they support continuous query processing and uh, the main concept that they have is materialized view so they mm-hmm. usually look at systems like kafka or kinesis as just a source of data it's like we don't care about <laughs> what's going on there we just ingest data from there mm-hmm. they have had this afterthought of i think uh People said that hey, we also want to write back to Kafka, but it says they do have that afterthought <laughs> uh, possibility there. But if you look at the documentation design and the way that they have been presenting stuff, the main concept is this continuously updating materialized view,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: you get the data from these sources, and uh, the system keeps these materialized views updated. There's plenty of use cases for them, as you may have seen, like. Building dashboards, notifications, and those type of things, but still, uh, that's that's it. You don't build pipelines with this that read from Kafka, process, write to Kinesis, and uh, do aggregations and joins, and write to uh, Kafka to do another uh, step after this. Mainly, as I said, for them, Kafka is a source. It's yeah. a very different view that they have compared to us. That we see ourselves as a compute layer on top of. These storage systems, some of them happen to be streaming storage systems. So we are like kind of like doing it as a layer thing, but -hmm. a lot of things that they see, they just see this as a side thing that data is being ingested, not sitting on top of it and managing those streams for you. They don't care about like, uh, do you have 10 streams in Kafka? You have three Kafka classes. From their point of view, it's just a source of data that they ingest. I do everything else. I store it, I update it Mm -hmm. it and those. Mm -hmm.
2: Which so, I think is actually a good idea, I must say, because it takes away a lot of the complexity. You don't have to know the streaming details, and
1: that, that, that's properties. the good part. Yes, but uh, also you have a limited uh, use cases, meaning that you can build these materialized views and use those materialized view. You can't think about them as a proper tool for building pipelines, uh, streaming pipelines, if
2: you know. I would argue with that, but uh, okay. Yeah. Well,
1: tell me how would you do that.
2: I mean, just with the things they have. I mean, they they, they they have actually both. I mean, in my view, they have both. They have basically the stream processing where you keep the data in their storage and then you period. But on the other hand, you yeah. have the things which you can use for, like, in a way, like stream processing. I mean, and it's just a bit more consistent and maybe also adds a bit of latency. <laughs> I don't know how much, but um, but it, yeah, I think it's. latency, But I would say, uh, latency,
1: actually I would say for instance, uh, at least the way that they are right now, they just write to Kafka as a, as I said, uh, if you look at the evolution of those systems, they didn't have the Kafka sync before they just added mm-hmm. it as a extra thing. And the way that you would do this, yeah. it's literally, you're writing the change like that you would write to that materialized view. You're writing it back to the, so the type of data that you're looking at, it's pretty much like, uh, you, you can think about them as that change like that you're updating the materialized view with yeah, that, that is, that is that. the one that goes but uh if you look at the flink the things that you can do with flink, materialized views or the output of materialized, or the thing that you're material there's a lot of things that flink can do that these systems uh, sure, wouldn't sure. be able to do it or oh, by the way, at least for now they, they don't do it yeah no one says um, that they cannot be extended
2: yeah but by the way um one of the questions uh, Hubert and me have all the time is where is the materialized view, or where, where do you see the materialized view? So in Flink, as far as we've concluded, it is basically the result topics, right, or the result topic.
1: But anyway, part and, of materialized view is that right? quoting that materialized view.
2: That's right. So if you That's put right. data in the topic, you can't. I mean, you just have to basically take the, it, yeah. and bring it to another database, exactly. or, you ha- or you have to do, I mean, you have some kind of query possibilities using queryable slate, for example, right, in, in Flink. Was yeah, a bit so, like uh, interactive queries in Kafka. Yeah, streams?
1: Uh, right. the introduction or this long intro that I tried to give like stream processing and streaming databases, I'm yeah. saying that both of these are important. You have yeah. both of them useful use cases that you can use these things or they're appropriate tool for these, but you yeah. don't have a single platform that can kind of like encapsulate both of them and provide those capability in one place. That is the thing that I wasn't saying that streaming Mm -hmm. databases are not useful. I'm saying that streaming database is good, but a lot of other things that, for instance, as I said, Flink can do, Flink is appropriate thing to do, for instance, Mm -hmm. use for these things. But vice versa, some things, (laughs) yeah. What we have built in Delta Stream is that we have both of them in one place. And again, Mm -hmm. since we're a cloud-only service, under the hood, we can manage those things in a way that it's efficient, it's proper, easy mm-hmm. to use, and hide that complexity. As you said, in link also you can sync it to another database and make it as a, a materialized view for you. We have all of them in one place, meaning that you don't have to think about like stitching things together and using okay. multiple systems. You come to one place and under the hood, we use technologies that are proper for the, each of these use cases. Mm-hmm. But as a user especially users who don't want to deal with the infrastructure we say that you don't need to think about this but you have capabilities of both of them but we don't stop there so if you look at the streaming database and flink itself streaming database a little bit more like similarities with the relational systems but uh, stream processors purely focused on the compute so we come with the view of the uh relational systems in the batch world Mm -hmm. and we say that hey these systems have been there for a while people use them for different uh use cases and people kind of like voted with their (laughs) pocket money that Mm -hmm. we like this this works for us and that's the reason that we see more and more relational systems like from snowflake and databricks (laughs) they get everything else kind of like (laughs) trying to at least have that relational model including flink itself right so what we say that in the batch world query processing or compute is just one aspect of that relational system that you have look at snowflake for mm-hmm. instance there are other aspects that we don't see them in the streaming world or we see them fragmented here there yeah, yeah. one of them is organizing your data in a nice hierarchical manner so if you look at the Postgres, Snowflake, those type of relational systems, you have nice databases, schemas, tables, and material, you can organize your tables in nice hierarchy. And once you have that, it's much easier to kind of like explore your data. Mm-hmm. You don't have such a thing in the streaming world. You have storage layer uh, data that you have topics in Kafka, but it's a flat space. You don't have mm-hmm. any hierarchy. And mm-hmm. this has been something that people have been complaining about it for a long time, mm-hmm. but even if you have, Imagine you have 200 topics in your cluster. Good luck with like managing them. It's very complex and you have ACLs. Confluent has role-based access control now, but still it's like a, imagine you are doing role-based access control in S3 level instead of doing it in the Databricks or uh, Snowflake layer, right? Mm-hmm. In the logical layer, since you're accessing data, processing data, dealing with data in logical layer, it's better to have all of these things in that logical layer instead of going to different, like disk level you have this thing in the logical layer. So what we did is that we brought the same concept of like hierarchical namespace to the streaming world, And mm-hmm. it's not just in one Kafka cluster, it's across your streaming storage. Like you can have Kinesis, multiple Kafka clusters. And once you have these relations defined based on those topics, streams, and you define other relations that like materialize views, you have, they have the same hierarchy that you would do in let's say Snowflake. So. Mm -hmm. That helps a lot to organize your data, especially if you look at like Flink use cases, a lot of times one team is using Flink. But with this type of architecture, you can kind of like break those barriers and teams can collaborate because the result of this, let's say query that you have is another stream that another team can use it, but now it's more organized. Another good follow up from that hierarchical data model is that we can also bring the same access control that works in the relational systems to the streaming world, meaning that if you look at the RBAC in Postgres or Snowflake, very common model, everyone understands it, you have roles, you have very clear syntax to say that grant uh, this privilege to this role and those type of things. So this is very well understood model, has Mm -hmm. been working well in a sense that people know it, the point is why to reinvent the wheel, if that can be applied here seamlessly, and we bring that Mm to, if you look at the stream you have that same role-based access control with very similar syntax that you would do it in Snowflake and GoTist.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. I, I think that's really important to, to kind of bring back that familiarity from the relational, exactly. world. right? Um, I have two questions for you and, and, um, and I think they're, I hope they're good questions. Um, so the first one really goes back to some of your comments earlier, um, in the, the, uh, Uh, when you're speaking about like the differences between stream, uh, like the streaming, stream platforming, or sorry, stream processing platforms and the streaming databases. Mm -hmm. Um, And we, if you could uh, think out like the basics of what those two things are, would you say that the only difference between stream processing and platforms and streaming databases is the storage and the, the ability to to do interactive queries or analytical queries against that storage. So one's in like a cache or some kind of, you know, uh, RocksDB kind of thing, or, and the other one is some kind of like either a row-based or a columnar based store that can serve these interactive queries. What you would you say is that the only difference between the two is the way that materialized view is stored or persisted or cached?
1: Uh, No, because that's only part of your compute. Okay. Only the stateful processing means that, right? There is also a big group of like, or big spectrum of stateless processing that you can do in both systems and each of them may have different uh, capabilities of those. So that materialization, uh, to what some extent, yes, but there's, things beyond that. And in the streaming systems, stream processing systems also, quote, unquote, you have materialization in topic, for instance, you can write the data to another topic, but mm-hmm. it's a different way of storing that materialization and different way of accessing that data. For instance, if you have a materialized view, you can have indices and those type of things that can be much faster to access that materialized view. You can uh, work on specific way of storing it, for instance, use something like Apache Pino based on if you're looking at user-facing analytics with a high volume of query, but each query has small data access or vice versa. So uh, I I would say uh, streaming databases, the way that we see right now, Mm -hmm. they're very Mm -hmm. much, uh, you can think about them as, and they say that too, the way that they are implemented, very much following the Postgres model. And you're seeing the way that data is stored and data is being accessed is very much following that Postgres model it mm-hmm. is good for a lot of use cases but in use cases for instance uh you need to use ClickHouse or Pino. Postgres mm-hmm. may not be the right uh, store and vice right,
0: versa right right um yeah. so my, my second question is that uh, in in um in delta stream or even in your opinion um mm-hmm. you you have you're speaking about like you know having a, a like a logical hierarchy and structure you providing that to to streaming um, endpoints or streaming, um, you know- Streaming payments.
1: environment. Let's say.
0: Environment, right. Yeah. Um, how would you, so if I have that ability to be able to say navigate through a shell, for instance, uh, um, the these streaming sources, how do you represent them underneath as like uh, structures? So for, for instance, let me say like, um, uh, like in Trino or in Presto, if I I can connect a, a Kafka topic to it, and I can just say you know select a star from that topic, and it's, um, but that but that's stored remotely somewhere else, right? If mm-hmm. if you're are you copying that data internally, or no. is it like is, it, is, is like it's a like a non-copy thing like a Trino or, or like non-copy. a non-copy? Yes. Okay.
1: You're right. so. Let me put it this way. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're our user, you have your own Kafka. You mm-hmm. can have MSK, Confluent Cloud, or any Kafka. And I'm using Kafka as an example, we are supporting Kinesis and we are gonna add more as mm-hmm. we move forward. But let's use Kafka, which is the most pervasive one. For sure. Imagine you have your Kafka and you have multiple Kafka clusters in your organization. Mm-hmm. And when you use Delta Stream, we just access to your data in that Kafka. We don't have our own Kafka cluster. Okay. There's no point of that because especially imagine, uh, first and foremost, imagine replacing that Flink operation with Kafka uh, with Deltastream. Imagine whatever you wanted to do with Flink, now you would do it with Deltastream. Mm-hmm. In Flink, also you wouldn't copy it to another Kafka mm-hmm. topic in another Kafka cluster and do it there and yeah. bring it back. You would just whatever you on to, the source topic.
2: If you want to query what? it now, sorry, you. <laughs> <Nothing new. laughs> <laughs> what, what, what happens if you, if you want to query um, or topic or your source, I don't know what
1: it's called. If you build a materialized view, that's a different story. Okay, Materialized view is not being stored in Kafka, because as you said, it's not the right place to query. Okay,
2: so that's basically something like a k-table or something.
1: Uh, We use different type of uh, stores. It's a pluggable platform. And again, since Mm -hmm. we are cloud native, we can use DynamoDB. We can use uh, RDS, depending on the type of materialized view that we see in the use cases that we are seeing Uh, in the customer. uh we can that's the point i'm saying that you mentioned earlier that you can materialize in another database for instance mm-hmm. in the link case we are eliminating that uh complexity of user having to go and stitch these things together ah, we say that fun. in one place so basically uh, you at the end of day, user happens. wants to build that materialized view and use it right yeah and, and if they can get it without themselves to connecting the Kafka topic to let's say uh, Postgres and then mm-hmm. querying Postgres themselves, or DynamoDB, or any Redis, or whatever uh, the end system is, we say that you don't have to even think about it. So you come ah, to one okay. place. So, so, so you basically, have it's... all of these in one place.
2: Okay, so basically, it's kind of a so under the hood, it uh, I, I assume it's kind of it, it's using some Flink, <laughs> have flink thing, or, or something have, else uh,
1: systems like yeah. No, we okay. use Flink as our steam processor, and then, but then you basically we made integ- it pluggable. Tomorrow we can use another thing if we need okay.
2: to. Okay, and then, then you have the um, possibility to kind of um, seamlessly add like DynamoDB seamlessly or whatever. Seamlessly add the systems,
1: let's say. And it um, could be a could Postgres could, could be robust or it could also be. Um, it comb-based. could be anything that we want to. So ah, again, the that's good. integration is seamless. That's one thing. The second thing is that user doesn't have to think about it. Like, right we yeah. decide when we for yeah, instance,
2: i mean in materialized writing if you yeah, only when we see it is a robust, right? uh right based yeah. query access in time plus you basically only have all app, oh. like uh, access but you say you can actually combine both i mean if you if you like you can if you want to. yes, yes the nothing prevents us points. from not doing that yeah ah, and the yeah.
1: even better thing is that since we are cloud service we don't have to implement or do these things ourselves. We That's use right. the services that are available <laughs> mm-hmm. for us.
0: So uh, uh, along this, this, this conversation, just... um, what, when internally, say say you want to join a stream and a materialized view, do you, do you query- oh, At the moment we don't store?
1: have that capability. Okay. At the moment but... we don't join the stream with materialized view. Uh, you would, for instance, if you have a table, for instance. Mm-hmm. or oh, let me put it this way. If you want to join with the materialized view, you can also materialize the result of that query that is building materialized view into a topic, so you can okay. join those two or quote unquote stream, which is under the hood as a topic. Then you can join those.
0: Okay. Um, one last question, or or I mean, from, from me, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, in uh, in KSQL DB, and and I always I always kind of thought this was kind of an interesting um, thing that you that that you um, stumbled upon uh, when you create a K table that K table also has like a, a Kafka back backing into it, you know, a storage back to into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so in that K table, is special because I can query it if I wanted to from some, you know, interactive query or what they call the pool query. Um, where it, it, and then you could also, but it also is backed by a Kafka topic, which would you consider that Kafka topic as like a, a wall to a materialized for like a write ahead yep. log for a materialized view.
1: Yep, 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 yep. Yes. Yep. That's so correct.
0: and the materialization would be done as you said in RocksDB, for instance. Exactly. Ex- exactly. So now you have yep. two ways of actually capturing uh, data in materialized view. You could take a snapshot of that data by mm-hmm. by interactive query, and then subscribe to it so continuously yeah. to a change log, right? exactly like, this is this is this is was what i was hoping you would say because i i realized that <laughs> yes H it is DB, yeah but, but again comes back like uh in system like DB or mm-hmm.
1: which is based on kafka streams uh that materialization in rocksdB adds a lot of challenges mm-hmm. because it's a key value store the only way you can access right. it is based on the key imagine if i have a normal query with some filtering based on something is not uh, the key. Now I have a full table scan, not just that, Mm -hmm. but now I also have a distributed RocksDB, meaning that Mm -hmm. if I have three instances, I have to go to three of these, depending on how Mm -hmm. many partitions that you have and coordination between them, having a snapshot across these different uh, partitions of your data. And imagine if it is a failure or something, your queries are incomplete. Yeah. There's a lot of challenges yeah, there yeah. Oh, but by that the that you can uh, avoid. Um, yeah, go ahead.
2: I mean, as you are an expert on KSQL DB's implementation. So, um, what happens if I have a query to this, to, to a, to a K table or to a KSQL table, which, um, yeah, as you said, doesn't do key value, but just, um, yeah. Has to basically it, do a table, a table, table scan. scan. You
1: scan all of the it, data.
2: It, it, is it always a table scan or um, if you're, if you're, uh, always table if you're scan. working with, with a join of a stream and a table, do you also have to go back to the topic then in, in one?
1: No, no, no. You always use the state store or join. Okay, and then you just go you through. It and it. And then, yeah. Okay. But this mm-hmm. this is fed by topic data anyway. So yeah, yeah. the yeah, snapshot yeah. that you have, is a snapshot of the topic. Okay, but uh, again, okay. It's not like it is doable, but the question is why. It's mm. so complex. It's yeah, exactly. I mean, I've, I've done and that. I
2: mean, Kafka Streams, yes, exactly. Um, you basically you 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 basically replace that RocksDB in in a way with um any database, so to say.
1: Uh, no, we don't go change anything in let's say RocksDB state store for flink or something. We no, say
2: no that, I, hey, I mean. Um, Okay, it's it's basically a different system, but but, but we, we
1: materialize the results from from the, the surface, yeah. Okay, from outside. From outside, it looks like said, it. okay. This is a materialized result, and mm-hmm. I just query it.
2: Mm-hmm. So okay.
1: one thing that we haven't focused on was mainly like customers, what mm-hmm. customer wants, or what user is going to use, and we want to make it as simple as possible. Mm. under the hood it may be complex for us meaning that we may have to run two systems flink and let's say use dynamo for instance right mm. but we are hiding that from customers same thing for instance in s3 as i mentioned as an example sure. under yeah. the hood it's very complex system supporting that scale supporting that level of uh, users and data but it's very simple for users so mm-hmm. if you have that goal it's looking at it differently technically you can do a lot of things technically you can say that this is easier to do this way for us engineers it makes sense but mm-hmm. for general uh user uh persona they want just simple things because they are not in the business okay. of quitting the state store they're not in the business of like figuring out optimization for RocksDB or what happens if one node. nobody goes wants down to do that yeah, well, exactly exactly
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: exactly it works well for streaming experts but the minute that you want to go to broader users you want yeah. to just let them do their own <laughs> thing without worrying about these
0: yeah, things. yeah that, that's a great that's a great point um it's uh do, do you so you probably believe that that streaming is still too hard for the masses right and that we need to find ways of some simplicity you know to, to simplify streaming and and that's what we're like were
1: that's that's one of the main goals that we are having in Delta Stream to simplify it. But there's no escape. You have actually. to know some concepts anyway, right? Yeah. You need to understand, for instance, there's a difference between append-only stream and the upsert stream, and the behavior of them when you're joining two streams, for mm-hmm. instance. So there are, there are things that you have to kind of like learn, but it is the same as like when you were learning relational databases. There were things that you had to learn, right? But the yeah. amount of things that you learn compared to value that you get is very much uh, like uh, just a little bit of uh, study. You can actually build a lot of things with relational database systems. Okay. Um. So it's,
0: so it feels like it feels like Delta Stream is a very fluid implementation of streaming, where you can plug in the parts that you need while in delta stream can still we can plug in right yeah
1: and user doesn't have to think about again i'm going back Mm to s3 philosophy Mm -hmm. s3 takes away all of the complexity of like what's going on under the hood from you you just store your data and you get your data whenever you want you just need Mm -hmm. buckets and folders and those kind of you want kind of like ps3 of stream processing meaning that for maybe 80 percent 90 percent of the users They don't want to deal with the state store. They don't want to deal Mm. with the connectors that connect from link to, uh, let's say Postgres and do this thing. They just want to have the uh, either pipeline or a materialized view that can power the dashboard or uh, build a pipeline that uh, powers downstream systems. And Mm. the rest of the complex of fault tolerance, uh, scalability, like the way that we are running the platform is that isolation, every query in our system is isolated. don't share resources so we can have elasticity in a very fine grain Uh, it's not Mm -hmm. like your flink cluster running 10 queries and one bad query can bring down the whole cluster Mm -hmm. this has been the model especially in the streaming databases also that is the model like you have a cluster and you run your queries in that cluster and if you run a bad query that consumes a lot of memory it can affect Mm -hmm. other good queries that sitting there and not doing anything bad so Mm -hmm. these are things that building a cloud-only system enables us to do in a much better way than if we want to build something that works for both on-prem and on-cloud. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason I usually say that, for instance, we from the beginning, we decided to go cloud-only because it gives us a lot of flexibility to build the right system. Uh, we see this in many aspects of, like, uh, like for instance, in Confluent, we have Confluent Platform and Confluent Cloud, but you see that kind of like they are diverging Right now, for instance, with stream processing products that they have, they're just doing for, for cloud. Because it's just, when, the minute that you want to do both on prem and on cloud, you're kind of settling down with the least common denominator of capabilities that you have. Because if you want to have both with one product, you should be able to run it in both environment. And the minute that you diverge from that, you have practically two products anyway. So mm-hmm. why bother from the beginning, try to have one product. Okay.
0: Is, this is good stuff thanks thanks Sajad. Ralph, um ralph you have any oh, other questions? one more question yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> at least one <laughs> so because um i mean we also talked um with, with the time plus guys and i think that's so one thing which i i think that's Hubert noticed is that um if like like you also do like if you have basically not one collapsed uh, streaming database like materialize or rising wave, but basically two parts underneath. I mean, even though it's abstracted away, mm-hmm. but- I think they use
1: ClickHouse under the hood, right?
2: Yeah, something like that. So, so so it's kind of a, yeah, some parts of ClickHouse and then some extensions and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the point um, is that, um, it, I mean, at least when I saw what they would, what they would have to do to use the system, um, in the SQL queries, for example, in, in the interface, you always have to kind of think, um, what am I accessing now? What, I, what am I dealing with? Am I dealing with um, the streams? You UK with basically the stream processing part or the flink part, flink based part, and, um, or am I working with the database? So, and I think this, um, I mean, of, of course you get more modularities from that. You can plug in what you want, but on the other hand, it gets more complicated, right? Because you always have to s- still think about this differentiation. That's a very
1: good point. Yeah, that's a very good. And the reason I'm shaking my head is that uh, that's exactly the thing that folks are having the problem with, like standard SQL. The minute mm-hmm. that you try to use standard SQL to deal with both streaming world and uh, mm-hmm. uh, batch world, if you will, you're going to have this confusion what's this table? Is this table mm-hmm. a stream or is it table uh, uh, let's say click I mean, table, like in case people as well, or, or like
2: exactly these teams and tables, which are also kind of awkward, right? I mean, yes, I understand yes. why why they are there, also based on, Kafka but you had to because, kind but of they, the, go read and, and, it's oh, always and, and then in, in case people, you have, I mean, even more complexity by <laughs> having to understand these uh joint semantics, uh, which yes, yes. To whatever yes.
1: you. Would Exactly. (laughs) Going back to, uh, I actually had a talk on this last year in Splint Forward about Mm -hmm. extending the standard CQL to include streaming uh, concepts on it. There's actually Mm -hmm. a lot of discussion going on in the CQL standard committee on the streaming extension, Mm -hmm. but uh, I I believe it's going to take a long time to have a result coming out of that. And even if we have a standard, look what happened to the normal CQR. <laughs> Still mm. there's different flavors of like, Oracle has mm. some different things. I think I've seen that DB2 has something, stuff. yeah. What would, so, what would,
0: oh, sorry. Um, what would you add? I mean, everybody had, every streaming engine has their own flavor of adding stuff to it. Even the OLAP databases, like they have ways to, uh, yeah, you know, apply optimizations and other techniques to do things what would you add? What, what's like, like the top two like really needed like logic in SQL that you need for streaming?
1: I'm going to actually answer this in context <laughs> of the question that Ralph asked. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, How do you know that this is a batch side of the thing or this is the streaming side of the thing, right? Yeah. If you have one place that you are dealing with. And the answer is that just uh, extend your uh, primitives, like you have no shelf table, Add this notion of stream, add a notion of change, like for a different type of stream, add a notion of materialized view that we already have, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. So in our system, you, when you create a materialized view, when you say that, show me the relations or show me the materials, you know that, okay, this is a materialized, This is not a stream. And mm-hmm. if I create this materialized view, I'm just going to get the results. It's not like I'm not getting continuous results. I'm getting this result of that the snapshot of the materialized view when I quit it. So having those, actually, that was one of the reasons that I'm glad that you asked about that. Uh, that talking the going forward and also the model that we have in Delta Stream mm-hmm. all around that we do have notion of stream. And uh, as you said, table was very really confusing in the KCKL. Mm-hmm. Instead of table to represent a change log, we have mm-hmm. notion of change log. That you have a key. That how you interpret the data in that stream is mm-hmm. going to affect how the operations are going to be done. Let me give you an example. If I have append only stream. And if you look at Flink, actually, all of them are tables in Flink SQL mm-hmm. table. Yeah. You don't, you, as a user, you have to think about like, is this table <laughs> append only or is it? Uh, mm-hmm. up- That's right. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you just say that append only is a stream, upsert is a change log, for instance. Now, if you join a stream with a change log, you know that this is a temporal join because mm-hmm. it's a kind of like a, yeah. you're joining a, a append. It's going to be like similar to fact dimension type. Thing, mm. but your dimension also is versioned because you're looking at upsert every time you have a new data, it's update for the previous data with the same key, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you're joining, you have to find the right version of data to join. This is a very different behavior if you mm-hmm. want to join stream to stream or join in have interval join, for instance, with this specific window to correlate stream. But once you have this concept, when I see that, okay, this is a stream, this is change log, I don't have to think about like. Uh, oh, I have two tables. What data each of these has? Let me go back to seeing Kafka. Is it a, uh, mm-hmm. upstairs? Exactly. So now that you are in the logical layer, in the relational layer, in Delta stream, you see that, for instance, I have stream. I know the behavior of that stream. I have. Uh, I know when I query that stream, it's going to be a continuous query. I know when I mm-hmm. query a materialized view, after creating materialized view, I know this is a snapshot query or whatever we call it. Normal queries that you see in databases it queries mm-hmm. it and returns it so with this our user would literally they would see that okay these are the relations that they have each relation can be one of these types and we are going to have tables too for instance but table is going to be just table the same table that you know in snowflake or postgres yeah.
2: but then that, what, going to be this what happens now when you want to join different
1: kinds of
0: <laughs>
1: these <laughs> entities this could, could, could be so automatically d- pick the right uh, join. For instance, if you're joining okay. a stream with change log, that's mm-hmm. going to be a temporal join. If mm-hmm. you're joining two streams together, that's going to be an interval join. Okay. And if you don't have that, for instance, an interval join, you need to have a window. For instance, data should mm-hmm. be between one mm-hmm. hour window. For instance. Mm-hmm. If you don't specify that window, you can say that, hey, you're doing stream stream join, you have to give us a window okay. if you are doing a temporal join the result is gonna be, for instance, the stream again. Mm-hmm. And if you are saying that, oh, this is gonna be a change doc, you're gonna say that no, the result of this is gonna be. So mm-hmm. of course documentation and also write uh, error message, it helps the user to use it kind of like in the beginning, it may be a new concept, but as you move forward, you see that, oh, it makes sense for instance. And if I'm having a topic in Kafka, for instance, mm-hmm. nothing prevents me to kind of like define a stream on it and the change log on it. and treated differently but okay. you're aware of when you're using stream you know that the behavior when you're using mm-hmm. changelog you know the behavior it's not like you define topic and you use topic for different types of behavior sorry table you define mm-hmm. a table and use that table in different so okay. this clarifies things a lot as you said that was a big uh, like confusion point for folks that if you are dealing with these type of systems how do you differentiate between these behaviors A stream mm-hmm. materialized view and these. Yeah. things? by just naming them, then you would know that, okay, this is a stream and okay. this you on this.
0: Yeah, my- so that's,
1: that's, I think, one of the, uh, sorry to interrupt, uh, yeah. one of the uh, confusing points for the standard SQL that people just use table for everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then as users, you have to keep check out, what's this table? Is it the Postgres table or is this the topic in Kafka or is it a right. changelog topic from CTC and those type of things?
0: Right. Um, one of the things I've always had a hard time with is understanding what the output is of a join in streaming, right? So, we, we, let's say, like, uh, in the streaming database book that we're writing, we're just doing a simple clickstream um, use case, and then joining that clickstream with, say, user information and product information, like somebody, somebody clicked on a on a product on on a, on an e-commerce site, and then um, we want to enrich that click stream. Uh, correct the The way we would want to think about it is that since I'm enriching the click stream with more data, the output of that I would like to remain a, um, a depend only stream. But it is depend only stream. Yeah, it is a depend only stream.
1: Yeah, as I but, mentioned earlier, if you join a stream with a change log, the result is a stream again.
0: Exactly, but in some cases, where where you um, when you join a, a dimensional table with a, a like a fact uh, data, mm-hmm. you get a materialized view, which is tends to cor- correspond to like change change data, right? Is that? Uh, I,
1: I have difficulty to understand. Can you elaborate a little bit more? Well,
0: yeah, I think, I think this is happening in Flink where you like, say you join a dimensional with a, with a, uh, an append, only, like a change stream and a, a an append only stream together. And I think the result mm-hmm. is a materialized view. Is that correct in Flink? No, I don't think so. It's not, okay. Well,
1: enrichment join, usually the result is append again, because if you mm-hmm. look at it, you have an append uh, only stream coming and you're enriching this stream yeah and enrichment is just you are looking up with the mm. change like right. that you have you materialize that change like in the internal store that's the internal thing for right. click you and like you materialize in the rocks and you do the lookups mm-hmm. but you just if you look at it the result is going to be the same stream with some extra data
0: yeah. so it's still it's going exactly to be it should be it should still be an append only stream right yes. I, I, I don't I know that you from that logic it. -hmm. You can
1: materialize it from the materialized view, Mm -hmm. but that materialized view is just going to keep growing and growing, growing. Because it's an append only. Mm -hmm. You don't have a primary key to kind of like override anything, right? So it's just going to be growing, growing. Mm -hmm. You can have time to live, for instance. You can say that just keep the last uh, 24 hours data in my materialized view. So we do have that capability in our materialized view, exactly because of the thing that you mentioned. Sometimes Mm -hmm. folks want to materialize a stream, but Mm -hmm. they want to. they know that it's gonna be just adding, adding, adding. Mm-hmm. They would say that just keep the last week of data, and we automatically make sure oh, okay. that we clean up things to make sure that oh, things are in okay. that window. But Stuff. the result <laughs> of that join always is a stream. You're right.
0: Yeah, absolutely great. Yeah. Um, for some reason, like when I worked with Flink, I, I think I was I wasn't getting that. Maybe I was doing it wrong. <laughs> um
1: that, that's another thing like if you were using blink cql for instance mm-hmm. you were having two tables and but these two tables maybe like should have different behavior because again you have to right. kind of like keep in mind that which table is doing what and it's very easy to kind of like make those type of like assumptions right. and it may be the result that you didn't want to actually
0: right um materialized view especially in streaming it's uh it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating construct, right? Um, it's it's like a uh, um, I don't know. It's, to me, it's very hard to put in words, especially in a book. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, that has grasp. two. Yeah, it's really hard to grasp because you have this view of it, and you when you select from it, it, you, it has a particular behavior as far as like returning results. But there's there's a stream underneath it, right? the string is yeah. passing through it, that, that keeps feeding changes easy way, yeah. easy way to think
1: about it would be just think about it as normal materialized views and normal databases,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but uh, updates are happening continuously. You still deal with materialized view. From user mm-hmm. point of view, mm-hmm. you're still dealing with something similar to table the behavior wise, right? But yeah. you don't have stale data because right. it continues to be updated. Yeah, yeah. But anytime you query, this query is a, snapshot query yep. and if you look at that like if you think about like uh uh serialization and concurrency you have rights coming from let's say your streaming site
0: mm-hmm.
1: and your reads coming from whoever is using the materialized view like dashboards or other applications right that engine that handles that materialized view that engine is responsible for serialization for these uh and correctness of these queries mm-hmm. and again comes back that as long as these engines, let's say if you use Postgres, it has a transactionality, you have that guarantee that, okay, it's not like partially updated data. When I query this, it's the snapshot consistent snapshot of that query. Yep.
0: yeah yeah, you yeah, know, the way I like to think about materialized view is is if I were to use a like an analogy or a metaphor. Cause those laser light shows, shows like if you had a laser just shooting a bunch of things on a wall. But the wall, you see a picture. Right? Wall is the materialized view for you. Yeah. Yeah. The wall. The picture you see on oh, the wall a, is is a. Is the a picture, metaphor, but, but the yeah. changes are the are you know yeah, yeah. the stream that you're seeing are the stream cool, of. Actually. We should lights. have it in the book. That's cool. <laughs> really cool. Yeah. But, but it's, uh, it's actually, Michael
1: Snow had a good analogy on that too. Oh yeah. It was more like not not just materialized view, but also like notion of table and the change log. Because mm. if you look at materialized view it's also like table with the change log in the streaming world. And he had this uh, picture of the chessboard that everything that you see now, this is the snapshot of the current uh, thing. Mm -hmm. But every time you move, each of these moves are that change log, that A Mm. to B, B to Z. These are Mm -hmm. like, that's a stream. And every time, like any point that you look at the board, that's kind of a snapshot, which is table, Mm -hmm. representation-wise.
2: That's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah
0: yeah um uh we're coming up to the top of the hour uh i super appreciate you talking to us over and over again i think we've had like several conversations i always enjoy between... my
1: conversation with you uh it's good to see you uh, meet you ralph but hubert yeah. and i go back to confluent years and uh, as i said it's always good to have a conversation like this
0: yeah um yeah, so I'll reach out if there's any other questions that we have, but I appreciate the, the time. I'll try sure. to put this out sometime like next year. I'm just going to save it and then like make it nice and build more content next year to help promote the, the book, but I appreciate it. Sure. Um, no problem. I hope, yeah, I hope you two get, right. get connected on LinkedIn. Um, so, like, yeah, please
1: really do send me a, a connection, Ralph.
2: I think we
1: are Thanks for yeah. staying up for late. We I mean, may have, been yeah, actually, but uh, <laughs> if not, please do. Yeah. Oh, this, this was okay. well worth it. I know it's very late, it's late for you too, Ralph. Thanks for staying up. It's <laughs> yeah, well, very well, nice it was, seeing it you guys. Was definitely worth
2: it. Yeah. So, yeah, well, see you guys. My last question: Will you at Kafka at current at the end of? I will
1: be in current, September? and uh, okay. we also will be a sponsor. And I have a talk on role-based access control. Okay. In streaming so
2: Let's meet there. So we could uh, I, yeah, I, a bunch of things you, going uh, on there. Yes.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, are you coming? Yeah, that's my,
2: my first time. Okay, actually. I'll see you in person it then. Yeah, awesome. I know that
1: Hubert okay. is coming, so I will see you there. Both. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.